You can have a seat. Good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors at the church. We're very excited to have you with us on this Sunday morning. A couple of announcements. I say a couple. It's going to be like 15 minutes of announcements. All right. So settle in. We'll get through. Um, first of all, there will be, you know, are they going to be there after the service, the prayer open house? All right. We're going to say that they're going to be there. Um, right, right here is the 24-hour prayer room right behind that uh, red wall. And, uh, and they're having an open house today. There are a couple of uh, representatives from that prayer room there, if you would uh, care to, after the service, just enter through the dark hallway and go towards the light. Um, they will be there and would love to show you uh, the great ministry that occurs in that room. Um, secondly, uh, Christmas is going to be on December 25th this year. We've made it official, um, but December 25th this year happens to be a Sunday. We have run into this before, and what we chose to do on that year was to not hold services in the CLC uh, during Sunday morning, but to have uh, the sanctuary just had one service, and that was our church-wide Christmas Day service was in the sanctuary, and we are going to do that again this Christmas. We will have been here the night before going nuts for the birth of baby, sweet baby Jesus. Um, and so we will be doing that again this year at 630 is our Christmas Eve service, as always. And then uh, the next morning, Sunday morning, if you care to, and what we learned from last year is most of you didn't care to come to church on that Sunday morning. But if you are one of the 20 or 30 that did last year, then you'll be happy to know that we'll be there again this year. Um, and then the next Sunday is New Year's Eve. And here's where you get to play an important part of this congregation. We are a community. We're a body. We like to do things together. But we also don't like to show up when no one else is going to show up. So here's the question we, uh, we put out at you. Um, because it is New Year's e- uh, Day, New Year's Day, um, uh, that Sunday morning, we're asking how many of you will come to a service if we hold it on Sunday New Year's Day. Just raise your hand, sorry. Okay, how many would not come? Wow, y'all are so much more dedicated than the 930 service. They're like, eh, we're out. All right, how many of you really don't care? I know some, not all of you raised your hand, so that means you don't care. I'm just saying. Uh, Okay, well, we are, I don't know, Stacy is supposed to tally the votes and let us know what we're going to do, because Daryl and I, as always, do what Stacy says. Um, Daryl more so, because that's his wife. Uh, but we, uh, so we will let you know what we are going to do then. Um, I don't know what the sanctuary is going to do. I think they're just going to do one service as well. There you go. Start the new year off right. Um, so there's that. And then, oh, yes, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming also. I'm, I'm glad I'm enlightening y'all to the calendar uh, today. This is very informative. Um, the Hope Center is a ministry we have here at the church that meets Mondays and Wednesday mornings uh, back here in F103. Um, that is our Hope Center room right back here off the CLC. And what happens in that, in that room is people come who need hope. They need help either financially with their electric bill, their rent. They need food. Um, they need guidance on where to go in the city to get help, not just financially, but a lot of ways. And we spend a lot of time with them and our volunteers who are awesome and dedicated and very well trained, um, spend a lot of time with these people, helping them to hopefully break the cyclical nature of poverty that a lot of our clients find themselves in. Um, and so what we want to do this year uh, which is something new, is we wanted to have a Thanksgiving dinner um, for them, or lunch, right? What time is it going to be? 
new. Uh, a Thanksgiving uh, lunch for uh, the clients of this year and years past. I think we're going to invite them all. Come to the CLC and have a meal with us on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so a couple of things regarding that. One, we would love for you to volunteer. Love for you to come up. Teach your kids. This is a way that we are thankful. God has blessed us. So we're going to come and serve on that day uh, if you're in town. Um, uh, another way is to, uh, to give us some funds to help do this. Because this was not something we had budgeted for or planned on. This is something that God's gone, hey, why don't we do this? This would be fun. You know, feeding people that are hungry. I talk about that in the Bible. Um, so we're like, okay, God, great. Uh, but we need some funds in order to do that. Not a ton. Um, so if you feel led to donate to that, next week is Communion Sunday, first Sunday of the month. Um, and as you come forward to communion, if you feel led to like give a dollar, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever, um, towards this, leave it on the altar. Um, don't put it in the offertory box because uh, we will never see that. Uh, if you leave it on the altar for for that, uh, then Ryan, um, we can collect it and put it towards uh, that meal. If you have any questions about that Thanksgiving service, uh, that Thanksgiving Day thing going on, um, please see Ryan Jacobson after uh, the, the service. He is our missions coordinator and currently looks a little bit like Jesus, only whiter. Um, Ryan, raise your hand. He's risen. Um, Sorry. So there you go. There's that. That's the end of the announcements. Thank goodness. We are still in Matthew chapter 20. Um, Last week, I I had the option of of taking a big chunk or going small, and I went to just a small portion of it. And we kind of did an Easter sermon last week, um, but we're going to move forward this year, uh, today. Uh, Matthew 20:20. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her son. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, will you let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you? One at your right and the other at your left. But Jesus told them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of sorrow? I am about to drink. Oh yes. They replied. We are able. You will indeed drink from it. He told them, but I have no right to say who will sit on the thrones next to mine. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that in this world kings are tyrants and officials lorded over the people beneath them. But among you it should be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. For even I, the Son of Man came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. So here you have this movement, okay? We have all of these teachings in in chapter 20. And then you have um, the moment where Jesus talks about his death again. And right on the heels of this, James and John's mother. Now, Mark and the Gospels of Mark and John actually have it as James and John asking this question to, uh, to Jesus. Matthew puts it as their mom. Um, it's more than likely it was the two boys that asked them this. Now, there's also an interesting thing. They were more than likely full-fledged cousins of Jesus, James and John, the sons of thunder, if you will. If you go and you look at the different accounts of um, the, uh, the crucifixion and you see the women that were there, all the time listed in three different ways are the same women. One woman is mentioned differently in, in the different accounts. Same woman, James and John's mother, also sister to Mary. So they were first cousins. 
So here comes the cousins. They sit beside Jesus. Hey, like Jesus, in your kingdom, can we be sitting in the chief seats, the seats of honor next to you on your left and your right? And Jesus is like, um, I don't think you know what you're asking. Here's the problem is the disciples are still seeing Jesus as the Messiah, but a different kind of Messiah than he actually is. Again, they are looking for that Messiah to come and bring a kingdom. They're looking for a kingdom. You're thrown. I mean, they get this whole thing, but what they're looking for is different than what Jesus is bringing because they're looking for a kingdom of power and might where he comes in and destroys the Romans and he takes over militarily and he becomes this leader and there's great power and authority and fame and greatness that comes, you know, with the saying, it's good to be the king, right? You know, here, that's the, he's, they're throwing that out there. Well, it's, it's good to be, if it's good to be the king, it's good to sit next to the king. So we want to sit next to you. And Jesus again goes, it's not the kind of Messiah I am. I'm bringing a kingdom and I win, but not in the way that you think. And he talks about this bitter cup of sorrow, this, this cup from which he will drink. And he says, can you drink of this? Oh, yeah, of course we can. Now, the cup he's talking about is mentioned a few times in the Old Testament. One of the times it's mentioned is in Isaiah 51. It says this, Wake up, Jerusalem. You have drunk enough from the cup of the Lord's fury. You have drunk the cup of terror, tipping out its last drops. Not one of your children is left alive to help you or tell you what to do. These two things have been your lot, desolation and destruction, famine and war. And who is left to sympathize? Who is left to comfort you? For your children have fainted and lie in the streets, helpless as antelopes caught in the net. The Lord has poured out his fury. God has rebuked them. But now listen to this. You afflicted ones who sit in a drunken stupor, though not from drinking wine. This is what the sovereign Lord, your God and defender says. See, I'm taking the terrible cup from your hands. You will drink no more of my fury. It is gone at last. But I will put that cup into the hands of those who tormented you. I will give it. To those who trampled you into the dust and walked on your backs. This cup of terror, this bitter cup of sorrow is this cup of judgment that will come to those who have turned their backs on God. It will come as the punishment for sin. And and what it talks about here is, look, this isn't a cup you want to drink, you know. This isn't that, hey, come, let's have a party. Bring a glass of wine and a cup of sorrow, you know. That's not the kind of holiday party you want to go to. This is the celebratory nature of which Jesus speaks, however. This is the cup of a follower of Jesus. It is not always the cup of, yay! Sometimes there are moments, as he says, when you must pick up the cross and follow him. Sometimes... There are moments where addiction happens, where you're fired, where your marriage falls apart, where you're diagnosed with the disease. Being a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't exempt you from pain and suffering. 
Being a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't ensure that your life will be perfect. What it does is, as he goes on to say, there is something greater later. I am going to give my life as a ransom for many. A ransom during that time would have been seen as something paid to a slave owner to release a slave from bondage. It would have been to ensure someone freedom. So what Jesus is saying there is, I'm going to give my life so that you who believe in me and accept this gift will have freedom. Freedom. What a beautiful word that is that we take for granted. But in between these these moments of glory and pain, there will be moments of glory and pain. There will be times of suffering. There will be times of rejoicing. There will be times when you're diagnosed with the disease and times when God heals you of that disease. That is the life of a believer. Good times and bad, just like the life of anyone. But we have with it that freedom. We have with it the Holy Spirit, a power greater than anything this world has to offer. We have with it, as we talked about last week, that resurrection power that will reach into the darkness and bring light, reach into the pain and bring peace, reach into the sickness and bring healing. We have those things. We have weapons that the world does not. But what Jesus says we do with them is what? Serve others. Take the power that God's given you. Take the talents and abilities and gifts that he's given you and serve others. He says, I I didn't come to be, I'm the king of kings, Lord of lords. God, if I wanted you to serve me, done. But that's not what he chose to do. He chose to kneel down and wash our feet. He chose to take the nails. He chose to serve us. And then he says, if you want to be like me, you're going to drink from this cup. And James drank from it first, if you will. He, he was the first of the disciples to die as a martyr. In Acts 12 is the account of that. John, it said, lived till about 100. Church history, there's a lot of stuff going on, evidence about it that he lived and died of natural causes. But Jesus says he drank from the same cup. It isn't necessarily that you are martyred, meaning drinking from the cup. Sometimes it's a long life lived in service and dedication to God, turning your back on the world that wants you to live its way. So what Jesus says is when you live my way, you serve. You put others before you put yourself, that you're not the most important thing going on, that everyone else is. We live in a world that tells us different, don't we? We live in a world that tells us you're the best thing, that, that, that you are number one. Look out for yourself. I got mine. We even have pastors that write books about things like that. 
that's not what God says, and that's not what he desires. In fact, I, I think he says at one point, how are they going to know that you believe in me? By your love. Not by your condemnation. Not by your accusing. Not by your sneering. Not by your better than thou, holier than thou. We're going to heaven and you're going to burn attitude. They'll know you are followers of me when you love like me. Love others as I have loved you. But we don't live our lives that way anymore. We get so irritable and we let our day dictate how we're going to treat everyone else. Well, I've just had a bad day. It is what it is. No, it's not. Just making an excuse. What was that thing I told you, Daryl? Gosh, darn it, I can't think of it. There, there was something I saw the other day of somebody excusing themselves for being rude and being just an absolute horrible person. And they said, hey, I'm just being honest. No, you're not. You're being mean. But we have that moniker, hey, man, I'm just being who I am. We, have, we throw that out there as this, it's like the old southern bless his heart. You can say anything about anyone as long as you add bless their heart at the end of it, right? <laughs> that person is the ugliest person ever created. Bless his heart. I didn't say anything bad. I blessed him at the end of it, you know. We have this sense that it's more important for us to be who we are than it is to love others. You know, maybe I do have a right to be here right now, but if it's going to take somebody else away, maybe I should just step back. And it's in trivial things and it's in large things. You know, the trivial nature of it, I I was in H-E-B this weekend with Grace, and Grace and I are just strolling around. We're, you know, singing zippity-doo-dah. She loves H-E-B, so it's great for us to be in there. And we're going along, getting the stuff that we're supposed to be getting, and it was packed. Apparently, everyone, when they heard it was going to be cold, um, decided we must go to the store and stock up our cupboards because the world is ending. It's going to be 40 degrees in San Antonio. Ah! You know, and people just flood the aisles of the supermarket. And it was just hysterical. And, you know, the chili aisle, which is packed with people. Um, and so we're walking around and, you know, you have that moment where you come and there's carts and, you know, you're three carts wide in an aisle that's built for two. And, you know, you have the choice of putting someone into the soup, you know, like NASCAR, just like rub fenders with them and put them into the soup. And go, I'm getting to the express line. Or you can stop and go, hey, come on through. Yeah, I got nowhere else to be. And so we come around this corner and, and we meet up with a couple of carts where people have have stopped and inappropriate places to stop your cart. Um, but, you know, we come around the corner, and, and so I'm about to make my move through the two carts to, to go around them. And here comes this guy out of the makeup aisle. We're down by the pharmacy over here in Lincoln Heights, if you know what I'm talking about. And somebody, this guy comes out of the makeup aisle. Um, he may have been used, cutting through there. I don't know. I, I don't judge. But he's, cut, he's cutting through there, and, and he, like, comes up and he looks at me, and it's that moment of, is it? Do I have the right of way since I'm on the thoroughfare or because he's on a cross street? Does he have the right of way to come through? Do I have the right of way because I have a child in my cart and he just got mascara? I don't know what (laughs) the law is there. And so I kind of make the old move like that. Like, I'll just go ahead and get out of your way real quick. 
And he does the same thing and then looks at me as if I just took his beloved prize puppy and went, wham, right across H-E-B. And I went, we'll back up. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. And he, just, and he speeds off. You know, and I'm like, I just started laughing. I'm like, I can't, Really? That's what it's, I mean, like, you're so offended by the fact that me and my daughter were about to, like, like speedily get out of your, uh, wow, I am sorry. The great thing is we checked out before him, bam, (laughs) got into the line right next to him, and the person in front of him was, like, coupon laden, and, you know, I was like, Tarao, those who are first will be last. (laughs) I didn't actually say that except to Grace, and she just goes, but the thing about it is, is we've lost the sense of community. We've lost the sense of it's not just about you. It's about all of us. And we live our lives as if we're the only thing that matters. And I have to tell you that I'm guilty of it, too, sometimes when I'm driving, that sometimes I get a little irritable at some of you people who can't drive. And so I get a little vindictive at times. Yes, I know it's wrong. I feel like I'm teaching lessons more than anything else, but it's not. It's me saying my time's more important than yours. When in essence, it's not. But that's what the world tells us, and that's how we lift ourselves up. And what God is saying here, what Jesus says is, look, if you want to be my follower, if you want to be a true leader, then serve. If you want to be great in my kingdom, then become the least. Put others before yourself. Use the gifts that God's given you, the talents that he has blessed you with, to help others. Think about it. Who are the leaders that you care about the most? Who are the people in this world that you love the most? Aren't they generally the ones who are the servants? Aren't they generally the ones who you know love you without fail? You pick up the phone in the middle of the night, I need you. I'm there. As opposed to the one who says, well, you should have called me earlier. We all know people on both sides of that fence, don't we? And sometimes we flip-flop. But what God desires for his kingdom is that we begin to see others first. We begin to operate as he did. Not to be served in this world, but to serve. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for for the ransom that you paid for us. We thank you, God, that through your death and resurrection, we are offered life. God, help us to take that gift of freedom and life and to not hold it to ourselves, but to use it to bring you glory. Help us to use the talents and gifts that you've given us, not to just benefit ourselves, but to bless you by blessing the world. God, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.